0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Utes podcast for a Thursday, a thirsty Thursday edition. If you're like me and you can never get enough University of Utah Athletics news notes and updates and we've got a pitcher full for you today. Going to talk a little bit about some more media day stuff, uh, some behind-the-scenes things that I heard regarding the two uh, Utah players that were out there with Coach Whittingham. Also talk about the preseason All-Pac-12 team. What are Devin Lloyd's chances to win Defensive Player of the Year? What are his obstacles? Are the five Utes on there really uh, the, the only ones that will end up on first team by the end of the season, or are there others behind that will join in as well? We'll also do an Olympics update. And then a quick update on a club sport as Utah Rugby made a couple big hires. We'll have all that coming up here on the Locked on Youth Podcast. This is today's edition for July 29th, 2021. It is a great day to be a Ute, and every day here on the Locked On Utes podcast is a better day than others. Thank you so much for joining us again here on the Locked On Utes podcast. It's the post-media day hangover edition of the Locked On Utes. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the awards that we missed last time around. Mostly broke down what we heard, uh, comments, things like that. Some of the big news coming out of it, and so. Wanted to start things off with that. Utah led leads, however you want to call it, uh, five first team selections on the preseason All-Pac-12 list. And I think you're starting to see more and more people get on board with what's going to happen at the University of Utah this year. Saw a tweet from Yogi Roth saying it feels like 2019 all over again. He's not wrong there. There is a lot of similarity in terms of guys returning, guys coming back, core guys, important guys who really want to make an impact and win that Pac-12 championship. This team is very PhD, poor, hungry, and driven. And I mean poor in terms of they are poor in spirit. They are coming for the title. That is the one thing that they are focused on. And and you can feel it. And I've been talking to uh, a variety of people around the program, and there are guys who are just set to explode. We heard a lot from Delvin Lloyd. He was a first-team preseason uh, selection, obviously, uh, part of that group of five from the University of Utah selected the first team, but he also has the potential to be the Pac-12 Defense Player of the Year, which given that Kayvon Thibodeau is in the conference seems almost insurmountable, but at the same time, I think he has a really good opportunity to do it. He likely won't win simply because Bias will choose Kayvon, and Kayvon is going to be the guy that gets all the headlines, all the attention, but I, I can almost promise you that Devin Lloyd might have a better season in terms of overall impact and or all around numbers a la johnny paul uh, a few years ago i believe it was 2015 where johnny had his really uh breakout season where he was robbed of it uh, also by another oregon player but it is what it is in those regards and and that's not me taking away anything from k1 tibodeau i think anybody who's watched him play he's this this is a guy that has been built for this literally since before high school he is just an incredible athlete he is huge. Uh, seeing him up close at the Pac-12 championship game makes you understand why it was so difficult for the Utah offensive lineman to contain him back in 2019 that championship game and why he is such an impact player. And this should be the year that he really breaks out. He's already touted himself as a Heisman Trophy candidate. I don't know that a defensive player will ever have that kind of impact, but if he does, that'll be pretty cool to watch as long as it's not against the University of Utah. Some of the five that were named... In addition to Devin Lloyd, obviously, junior offensive lineman Nick Ford. uh, He enters the 2021 season as one of the two returning FBS players who have started at virtually every position on the offensive line. Uh, Obviously, Devin Lloyd on there as well. Mika Tafua. And some thoughts on Mika. He has really, really, really put in a lot of work this offseason. And I'm not just saying body work and, and technique work. He's really buckled down to stutter the, study the finer techniques and the finer points of his game, and I expect him to have a Bradley and I esque season and and really explode. He has that ability, but his body is so much better. His hands have just been absolutely fantastic. The drills he's been doing, I don't. I try to retweet uh, videos whenever I get him or see him, but but talking to people that have seen him in action and worked out with him it's just been a total transformation even from last year where he really started to come on towards the end of the season. And he's just been an absolute thirsty sponge continuing down that, that track to try and get as much knowledge and as much technique as possible into his, his development. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens because the university of Utah has guys on the other side that they can bring in. Mickey Soutaraga Van Fillinger, uh, uh, Xavier Carlton, all going to be options. Uh, Max Tupai not with the team. Not going to be with the team. Uh, unfortunate circumstance behind him. Uh, no reason given to us publicly, but he will not be playing this year. Uh, um, but at the same time, Utah has plenty of depth there at that position. It's it's Between that and the defensive tackles, they are just absolutely loaded with guys. So it'll be... Uh, interesting to see who really emerges, see, see what Devin Kafusi can do, you know, he's put on some weight, will likely play that three technique, but maybe he could scoot out to a five or an edge, depending on what they need him to do, what the set is, what the uh, personnel package is, et etc. et cetera. Also rounding out Utah's first team selections, Jaden Redding, place kicker, Britton Covey, who will look to, uh, uh, who, who made the, uh, the first team as a punt returner, Specialist, he is the top five all-time in Utah in punt return yards and leads all active FBS players in total punt return yards of 665 No surprise there as he's been at Utah for a long long time make your ARP jokes if you so choose Um, But at the same time I, I it was interesting listening to some of his comments He talked about how this is the first time that his body has really felt healthy for this long a stretch and that He's doing more prehab now than he is doing rehab, and, and prehab is getting your body ready for practice, all that kind of stuff, getting warmed up. But he says that he feels as healthy as he, ever, as, as he has in a long time, and, and so I think that should allow him to really uh, continue that, that impact play from punt and kick returns. I, I also think that he'll be more of a specialized role, although you just... <sighs> It's funny talking to people who don't follow the University of Utah that go into Pac-12 media days, and they all just rave about him, talk about what a good representative he is. He's so charming. We all get all that stuff, but I think that's the the impact that he has on even his quarterbacks. You know, they They trust him. They want to throw him the football. They want to get him that action, and I think he's got a guy in Charlie Brewer. They play golf together. They have a tournament going on against the coaches today, actually. Um, so good luck to the players in that one. Cause you always want the players to be the coaches when you're a former player. Uh, the only people that really want the coaches to win are front runners and the coaches. So consider yourself one or the other. Um, but it, it, he's just, I think he's best situationally. You don't want him to give him the ball more than everybody else out there, but you want him to be able to be a game breaker and, and, and cause the mischief that he's so good at. But you want the other guys to be impact guys, Theo Howard, uh, Solomon Enos, Brant Keithy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cole, Fotheringham, we need to mention him, Dalton Kincaid. There's a lot of bodies and a lot of uh, opportunities to get the ball thrown around there. So those are the the first team selections. Covey uh, was a second team selection as a wide receiver. His numbers are off the chart. He's also joined on the second team by Satawa Almea, who I think will really have a massive season this year. He'll start to garner a lot of praise and a lot of attention for the NFL starting next year. Brant Keithy, uh, preseason honorable mention. And and some of that is just because this Pac-12 position group is absolutely loaded with talent. And, and you had two guys at Washington and UCLA who put up better numbers than Brant last year, but his numbers in 2019 were far better than anyone else. And so he'll likely end up the season, you know, at First team, second team, depending on what happens. And hopefully Utah will get him the ball as much as possible. Uh, also joined as the honorable mentions, Vianney Mawala, Travis Broughton, Clark Phillips the third, and Keegan Markgraf, long snapper. Always good to see specialists make the teams like that, especially snappers. Those guys deserve so much more praise. Travis Broughton is one that I'm really, really excited to watch because he was so steadfast and sound and, and schematically and, and technique-wise, just really on top of things and on the ball. Um, so I'm really curious to see what he does. Does he become more of a game breaker, more of an impact guy? I I think we saw that start to happen a little bit with Clark Phillips and Clark gets so much attention and talk and conversation, but to Travis has been really the, the solid lockdown guy in a lot of respects. Um, and, and he's an incredible athlete. The speed is obviously there. He also has a real mindset about him and I'm really excited to see what he does from a leadership perspective. I think he's a guy that would pay special attention when Jalen Johnson and and Julian Blackman were here and really took note of that. And he is a very motivated young man. He has some strong goals and he is uh, playing with a huge chip on his shoulder. Um, Definitely one to watch. I think we have not talked nearly enough about JT Broughton. So that kind of wraps up that preseason group. We've got more audio coming to you that, that coming directly from, Uh, the press conference that wasn't broadcast over the radio or on air. Try and get that uploaded for you tomorrow uh, so that you can listen to that because I think it's interesting to to hear uh, other reporters' perspective on Utah and the questions that they ask them. Um, Just, you know, in general, it's good to get outsider perspective on some of this stuff. Uh, Just a reminder that the live NBA draft show is tonight. Uh, Draft go to Chad Ford. Locked on NBA draft host, Rafael Barlow, and locked on NBA draft host, or locked on NBA host, John Corrales, will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's locked on NBA draft 2021, brought to you by Bill Bar. You can get the local expert analysis on each pick, just like you do every single day here in Locked on Utes. Follow Locked on NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. I retweeted a couple pictures of the set. It's really, really well done. This is going to be classically produced like a TV show. So if you don't want to watch ESPN, if you're sick of NBA TV, if you want an alternative where it's actually expert-based, definitely tune into that show and, and give it a watch there over on YouTube. I promise that you'll enjoy it. Also, today's show, of course, not just the live NBA draft, but also today's show is brought to you by Bill Barr. And one of the things that we always talk about built bar is the fact that there is so many options in terms of uh, your freedom to choose with the Olympics going on. Everybody's feeling patriotic, just coming off July Fourth, perfect time of year to feel that way. Celebrate your freedom of choice by going to built bar and choosing from the nine different flavors that they have on there. It's coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, my favorite flavor, I've said it multiple times, is Cherry barcia. I also love the German chocolate and the cookies and cream. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, not only do the Bill Bars taste great, but they are healthy as well. 17, 18 grams of protein, calories anywhere from 130 to 180, only five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs. So great flavors, tasty, healthy, all that you can get in there. The best part about it, you get 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. This is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so you know that it has something to it, if that's the case. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off uh, your order. Use that promo code, again, LOCKED15 at built.com. It is Olympic season, it is in full effect, and there is plenty of Olympics news to report on for the University of Utah. I think likely the biggest name, Michaela Skinner. We're still waiting to hear back what will happen with Michaela as the uh, continuation from, oh, the Simone Biles saga, which shouldn't even be a saga, in my opinion, continues to to twirl on Twitter, and, and people who have no business talking about it are continually uh, butting in and sharing their opinions, but that's neither here nor there. I did want to recognize the fact that other gymnasts, uh have done well and competed for the University of Utah. One of those is Grace McCallum. She will join the Utah Gymnastics Program uh, as an Olympic silver medalist when she comes to the U this fall. She'll be an incoming freshman. Uh, She collected that as part of the second place finish early Tuesday morning in Tokyo. There's a lot of adversity that they had to overcome after Biles pulled out of the competition following her vault uh, uh, due to injury. Uh, I'm not going to go over any of that stuff. It doesn't have anything to do with us, but There is plenty of uh, information out there if you really want to learn more and find out why it happened, why it's important, why she really needed to take the step back and everything like that. But McCallum stepped up, and and she's a young competitor, but she led off every event for Team USA, proving to be extremely consistent uh, time and time again. Hit eight out of the eight routines uh, between the team qualification and the final. She uh, got a 143 on her first vault, getting things started. And then after, uh, finding out the news of Biles and everything else, uh, she continued to fight, got a 13.7 on uh, uneven bars. And then I'm not doing this justice. I think this is a, she really put in an exquisite performance, um, exceptional beam routine as they started to really close that gap on Russia. Got a 13.666 on beam. Um, and that set up the rest of her teammates for an opportunity to go in and get it, and in heading into the final event, she improved her floor score from qualification, posted a 13.5, 13.5. They were not able to fully mount the comeback, um, but a silver medal considering everything, losing your best competitor in Biles and and having to deal with all that mentally to be able to finish like that, I think is is really impressive, especially in a come-from-behind situation. Uh, She will join the youth ball uh, it is really uh, fascinating to see what will happen with this team now as they have two Olympians uh, and what could have been three um, you know as Michaela decided to re- retire and and to be honest likely the best move um, for her I think personally it's just sports are so difficult and sports that are really difficult on the body and especially after the year that she's had I think we've seen the emotion from so many of these uh competitors throughout it and the swimmer the other night as um uh, he was crying talking about his family and how hard this uh year has been it, it's just really we underestimate it because and I, sh- I only say that because we only get to see what's in front of us um talking to people behind the scenes it, 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 heck talking to your friends and family this year has been just absolutely brutal on everyone. And there's been so much that we've been through and we don't really cut ourselves enough slack, but we come in and watch these to try and feel normal again and try and uh, celebrate good things and, and to try and, and reinvigorate our lives and, and, and feel more connected to one another and to do the way things were. And, you know, I think it'll be really great to see this team finish out. Obviously grace and Michaela. We'll see what happens with that. Um, Kara Eaker was expected to have a very strong performance. um, But, you know, test positive for COVID, no idea where she picks it up from. And and that's really where we're at with this whole virus right now is that so much of it is still unpredictable and unknown and, and people are not cooperating to, to really get over it. And, and understandably so everybody has their own reasons for things. Uh, disappointing that, that, those kinds of situations are affecting things like Kara being able to go and perform and, and she would have had that opportunity. Um it, it's super frustrating, but you know, she'll have an opportunity to come back to the University of Utah and compete hard there. Uh excited to see what happens with this gymnastics team um come come this fall. Another Olympic athlete, uh Former Utah softball stand-up Anissa Urtez helped lead Team Mexico to the bronze medal game at the Tokyo Olympics with clutch hitting at the plate and stellar defensive play at shortstop. She got a position on the All-Olympics team. So that's a pretty cool, uh, another cool aspect of the Olympics is seeing former Utah athletes being able to compete for other countries and, and understanding the diversity of the athletic department and everything like that. It's something that I'm sure that they're going to make a big deal as Uh, They continue to market the program and everything like that. Um, She hit the first home run by a Team Mexico player in the Olympics. She had another homer in Game 4, so setting a historical precedence with two home runs there, um, powered her team to its first Olympic win, 5-0 over Italy. They made it two wins in a row with a 4-1 victory over Australia, in which Ortez went 2-4 to rally for a spot in the bronze medal game. Uh, ultimately lost that game to Canada three to two, but for the tournament, she made a really strong impact, batted 300, six for 20 with two home runs, four RBIs, and two runs, uh, uh, while adding 14 assists and nine putouts. Really, uh, proud of her and that effort. She was with the University of Utah from 2014 to 2017. Uh, there she was a teammate of Team USA member Hannah Flippin. Flippin was a replacement player for Team USA, competed throughout the entire, uh, pre Olympics. Um, but was unable to remain in Tokyo because pro- COVID protocols only allowed for participating, participating players to remain on site. Uh, but a good positive impact for Utah softball as well there in the Olympics. Um, obviously, uh, more athletes to come as these uh, games continue to be competitive and whatnot. We'll keep you all updated with that here on the Locked on News podcast. And obviously, uh, as things continue to evolve, we'll, we'll continue to talk Olympics and hopefully this is a a sign of thing to come where you see more and more University of Utah athletes competing in these type of games and, and, and for different countries as well. I think that's really a nifty aspect of this whole thing and and what the University of Utah is trying to put together. And as long as we're on the topic, if you need to put something together for your automobile, go to rockauto.com. They are the best place to go find the parts that you need for your car, truck, whatever it is. And, and because you know your car or vehicle better than anybody else, it will be so much easier, faster, simpler for you to get it done than going in and talking to whoever the surly parts guy is at the counter with a big book. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Uh, Rock Auto is a family business serving do it yourself for over 20 years. Prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil even new carpet. Uh, Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked in" On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Wrapping up another episode of the locked on youth podcast. And as we are talking about the Olympics, one of my favorite sports to watch during the Olympics is rugby sevens. I think it's one of those next to pop sports, uh, along with lacrosse where the, the, as people continue to be reminded about it and, and the overall uh, audience grows, the more that it will become, uh, a household sport, so to speak. And as such, I think it's, it's fair to talk about what's going on with Utah rugby. It is a club sport, but also a club sport with a lot of history and a lot of depth to it. You can go to uofurugby.org to learn more about the program, what they do in, in, in terms of competing, where they compete, uh, what's going on with it. They do a really great job of updating the website. You can also follow them on Instagram at Utah Rugby. Uh, super easy place to go to find out all that stuff. Uh, but some staff changes happened to them. So as the pandemic um, kind of wiped things out for them, they're now back to work and training hard. Uh, most practice days during some Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then lifting Tuesday, Thursday. <clears throat> but wanted to announce that there were two former alumni joining the coaching staff up there. Mate Moyakiola uh, was a USA Eagle while he was uh noticed by the usa eagles the the u.s olympic uh rugby team while he's playing at the university of utah that's the funny part about rugby is like so you have the all blacks the lions the uh, i forget what south africa is um somebody's gonna remind me um but th- they all have like the the usa's the eagles they all have a uh a t- mascot so to speak So Mate was uh, playing at the University of Utah when he was noticed by the Eagles, played for uh, Team USA from 2007 to 2017, Um, had a strong, strong career as a professional rugby player, Uh, remained a permanent fixture for the Eagles ever since, scoring back in 2007 in his very first game, Um, played professional rugby in Europe before moving back to Utah after retiring, Started coaching at the University of Utah, left for a few years to help at the high school level. He was at Harriman High School, um, but has returned after leading them to a national championship, coaching at the University of Utah or the Utah Club rugby team, I should say. Exciting to have him back, and I think the, coming off the national championship with Harriman, it will be um, great to have him back on staff. And this is another program where I think they're just waiting for a lacrosse moment where they can have a a booster come up and put down the money and and with the emergence of the utah warriors major league rugby it can't be that far off i think this is a program that could really take off and 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 develop and and be another powerhouse for the university of utah we know that the rivalry there with byu is, is certainly existent and it has been super exciting in years past uh wanted to also mention that another Coach is joining the staff. Don Patti is joining as a former Ute and UOC Eagle as well. He'll be taking over as the head sevens coach. Born in Samoa, uh, moved to Utah in high school, excelled in rugby, joined the Utes in 2009 in 2010. He was a key part of the Utah team that won the first Collegiate Sevens National Championship, scored the game-winning try against Cal. Cal has been an absolute juggernaut between them and Jesuit out there in Sacramento, They've just got an absolute pipeline of rugby players that they've developed. Graduated from the U as the only four-year All-American from uh, the Utah rugby program. Continued to chase his dream of playing rugby. Finally got his call up to the Eagles 7s team. Had a great career um, with the Eagles 7s team. He go, comes back to the University of Utah to lead that 7s program. And I think 7s is going to be a very exciting uh, team to watch as we go forward. It's a little bit more simple. A little more easier, m- more understandable style of play than the uh, traditional style of rugby where it's so much more spread out and so many more guys. So, wanted to give a nod to the Utah Rugby Program. If you listen to the podcast and have a program that uh, you want spoken about or have any questions or stories or anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us at Brown Bear SLC on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at uh, at locked on is on Twitter as well or you can email us locked on at gmail.com that'll do it for today's episode of the locked on youth podcast Jake and I will be back at it tomorrow we'll have more sound clips for you more discussion post hangover from the pac 12 media days uh plenty to talk about always and we'll try and keep you updated on olympic stuff as well this has been the locked on youth podcast for July 29th, 2021, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.